0: All right. Welcome to another episode of The Untamed Life. My name is Christine Jewell. As always, I am just thrilled to be here, and especially today, because today I'm just feeling really inspired to talk about deeper love, to talk about why don't we have this intimate, deep connection that we crave so badly. You know, we all want it. We all want it, right? There's something that every single one of us, if you're human and you're walking on this planet, I mean, you've got to want this. Maybe you're in a season of saying, no, I don't want it anymore. And sometimes we have to step away from it. But the reality is you are hardwired for it. You are softwired for it. You are created for it. And most of us play games with this. We jump from one experience to the next, to the next. We want intimacy. We want deeper love. We want trust. We want connection. And yet it seems to be something that just escapes so many of us. It seems to be something that is so hard for so many of us to even tap into, let alone experience for any duration of time. And so what ends up happening is we just, you know, jump from one place to the next to the next, um, either in relationships, right? Jumping from one relationship to the next, going, oh, clearly this season of this relationship is over, it's time to move to the next one. And we just end up in the same relationship with a different person, or we keep creating, recreating the same types of issues, problems, drama, chaos, whatever, in our relationships over and over again. And I just, you know, today's going to be pretty fluid, pretty raw and real, because I've been going through my own upgrades, and every time I teach this stuff, and every time I go deeper with my clients, I end up going through my own journey of expansion, of going deeper and wider, and it is not always comfortable, right? But the reality is that many of us, most of us, most people will not experience that kind of love. Um, I'm just going to put it out there. It's true. Most people will not experience the type of deep, soulmate, intimate love that we are created for because they're not willing to take the journey. They're not willing to take the journey and go to the depths and go to the place that is required to go in order to access that level of intimacy and access that level of connection and access that level of trust, et cetera. So the beautiful thing is there are many who will, right? There are, it it seems like few, but you know, there are many who do take the journey, who do travel the road, right? And that's why one of the questions that I ask many of the people who come into my circle is, have you had <laughs> your dark night of the soul moment? Have you had your breakdown before the breakthrough? Because a lot of us will continue, unfortunately, to tolerate and tolerate and tolerate You know, love that is less than until it gets, you know, so much that we're not willing to tolerate it anymore or it comes to a head and there's this like burn down, breakdown in order to have the breakthrough. And it's the moment that we actually decide, fine, what I've been doing has not been working and I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I'm willing to go wherever I'm being led. I'm willing to surrender my old ways in order to experience this kind of love that I know is out there, that I have been craving (laughs) for my entire life. And maybe you've experienced it for a fleeting moment, but that didn't stick. So today I want to talk about, you know, what blocks us from receiving and being in this kind of love, being in this kind of intimacy, being in this kind of connection, and um, how do we break through that, right? So the first thing I just want to jump into is really talking about a closed Heart, right? Everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants to be accepted. Everyone wants to be heard and understood and, you know, to be on the receiving end of all the awesomeness. The reality is, you know, we cannot have a closed heart and receive the type of love that we crave. So the first question I would have for you is Is your heart truly open to receive? Right. And this is a big question. And I'm just going right for it today because the reality is, if your heart is not open, you can keep seeking, but there's nothing like the door is not open. So you will throw yourself into these experiences, right? You, even if it's with your existing partner right now, or if you're dating women or men, you know, and you're just kind of going from one to the next, you'll have quote unquote feel good experiences, moments of bliss. But the door is not open for anyone or anything to enter and penetrate at a deeper level. So what you experience is these superficial, superfluous, is that even a word? Um, I think that's a word, surface level pits of dopamine is what they are, chemical reactions that you think maybe are love. But all that is is just an external feeling that's very fleeting. And that's why we hear a lot people saying, like, You know, oh, I'm in love today, and I'm out of love tomorrow, and like we mistake feelings of ecstasy, endorphin releases, dopamine dumps for love, and they're not the same thing. And we know because then it's fleeting, and we're like, oh my God, where did the love go? You know, I loved her last week, she loved me, and now it's like all coming apart. And we go through these cycles. So number one, I just wanted to say a closed heart is a heart that is closed from receiving and it's closed from giving, right? And so I want to talk about how, like, why? What, what is actually going on? When I am closed, I can't receive. So people will give you compliments. They'll pour love onto you. They'll give, you know, they'll, they'll show up for you. And a closed heart will start to go, hmm, what, what do they want? what do they actually want from me, right? What's the catch? What's going on? How long is this actually going to last? Oh, this probably isn't going to last. And so we subconsciously have this program running that says like, oh, there must be an ulterior motive to this, right? That's one thing I see a lot. And, And we may have a lot of evidence up until this point in our life that that has been the reality, right? We've been operating from that place of transactional giving and receiving. There has been past pain or whatever, right? There's been past evidence. And so we continue to subconsciously operate from that point, or maybe we know we're doing it where we're not open to receiving simple things like compliments, like words of true affirmation. We're not open to receiving a simple gift, right? Somebody opening the door for us, ladies, if you're listening to this, or men, you're not willing to, you know, receive a woman who is holding space for you and just being there um, because you're thinking, well, what does she want, (laughs) right? What do they want from me? And I'm just curious if you can relate to this because I lived in this space for so, so long. The other thing that keeps us closed is this idea that we have to earn love. I have to do something. I have to do something big enough, long enough, hard enough in order to receive and earn this love in order to be worthy of it and i think that this is really prevalent in the high performance arena and the life you know the lifestyle and the programming of high achievers because we have been programmed for so long that we've got to be self-made men, self-made women, right? If it's going to be, it's up to us. And so anytime we just get something dumped on our lap to like an opportunity or something, it's like, hmm, right? There's that doubt. There's that wondering, did I earn it? Did I do enough? Am I enough, right? And I go through this a lot. I go through this a lot with my clients and I went through this a lot myself where I was really, I didn't even recognize I was closed off, to receiving, because I was in this energy, in this program that was running behind the scenes, that was like, you don't actually get to earn love if, unless you do something for it, right? And interestingly enough, and not really interestingly enough, of course it's because I was operating from that place as well, right? Like I didn't give love. I've always felt like they had to earn <laughs> my love, right? It wasn't just a place where I get to show up and be in love, from love, operate from a state of love, right? To be able to pour love into someone, it was like, no, 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 you have to earn the right, right? And it was just that energy around it. And it was insane. It was insane because it kept me in this loop where, you know, it was impossible to ever do enough, be enough, you know, earn it enough. And it's funny how this plays out in our love relationships, but it plays out in every arena of our life, right? Where it's just never enough. And so I just wanted to put that out there because you know, when someone is giving to you, when someone is pouring love into you in the simplest of ways, a compliment, creating space, doing something for you, right? Um creating time for you. Do you find yourself like feeling guilty or apologizing for it or wondering what's the catch? What's going on, right? I hear this all the time. We actually apologize when people do awesome stuff for us. Instead of just being in a state of receivership that says, thank you, that's amazing. And on the other side of that, the block of a closed heart, what happens when our heart is closed, we don't give freely either. This exchange of energy, this beautiful exchange of love, of intimacy, of whatever, right— is blocked because we are giving out of a lot of times we feel resentful right it's like i'm giving and i'm over giving or i'm giving this and they're not giving that back to me like i'm always the one initiating sex i'm always the one initiating you know date night i'm always the one initiating physical touch i'm always the one you know fill in the blank Right. And I just, I'm saying this because this was a world that I lived in that it became very familiar to me. I had a very sort of, (laughs) I had a very dysfunctional view of what Love looked like as a child, right? I what model do we have? We have our parents' first relationship that we have as a model of what the world of love is supposed to look like is number one, the relationship, men, the first love is your mother. So the relationship that you have with your mother, women, the first love is your father. So what's the relationship I have with my father? And what is the relationship dynamic that I see between the masculine and feminine in my home? Right. So how are moms? and dad playing this game of love right between themselves and so whatever we see is be what becomes our reality. So I think I've shared this before but in my house you know my dad was hot and cold right he was an alcoholic so sometimes he was like the most loving person and there was a lot of physical touch and a lot of affection and i saw him really affectionate towards me affectionate towards my mother and then it would be like stone cold block nobody could access him right and it would be aggressive so the same power right of the presence that pulls you in and is there to make you safe is the same power that hurts you physically and emotionally so we we adopt these distorted sort of um well programs of love of like a victim right aggressor type of pattern i did that anyways where it's like okay well what does love actually look like what does it mean right and so it's it number one it's very distorted and we can, we don't trust, right? So I always sort of had my back against the wall. Like he's giving me love now, but oh my gosh, what's gonna come later, right? He's he's hugging me now, he's loving on me now, he's providing for me now. It feels safe, but subconsciously, below the scenes, it felt very unsafe because I never knew what was coming next, right? And so this played out year after year in my teenage relationships, in my twenties, and my thirties, you know, and it just kept repeating because I would show up to the relationship from this place of like, well, I can't trust you. I don't know what's coming up. Right. What are you up to back there? Right. Like, and there was always like wondering and waiting for the ulterior motive to show up. And I know that men, you can relate to this too, right? She's always like playing games with me. She's manipulating. She's using her sensuality to control and like get what she wants. And then she pulls back. And so we do this. We play these games. We enter into these roles with each other. And this is the place that we play in when our heart remains closed. So I just wanted to say, number one, if you have been seeking love and you have been seeking A deeper connection and a thriving relationship, and you've had your dark night of the soul, you've had your breakdown, you know, the only way to really move forward is to get honest and real to say, okay, do I still have a hardened heart, right? I'm going to talk about how we discover, like, what what hardens our heart. I talked about it a little bit. Um, But if your heart is still hard, you'll notice a couple things. You'll notice that you don't feel as deeply, right? You don't feel as fully because you won't go there. You're like, I'm not going to allow myself to feel the pain of rejection, the pain of abandonment, the pain of shame or whatever. So we emotionally detach. So the heart is hardened and we lose our ability to feel all the feels. Intentionally, it's done for protection, right? But what ends up happening is we block the very thing we desire so much because we won't even allow ourselves to feel it. So we keep attracting emotionally unavailable relationships, or we keep showing up that way. And then we wonder, what on earth is going on, right? I have become disconnected from my heart in order to protect myself. And as a result, I don't feel the intimacy and the love and the connection. And so the very word intimacy, I love when we unpack that. You know, when I work with my clients and, and I've done this work, it's like, okay, if I'm not feeling as deeply as I want to, I'm not going inward as much as I, as I need to, right? The word intimacy means into me, see, see. So am I allowing others to see into me fully, right? Am I willing to look into someone else fully or do I have these crazy expectations that they have to show up the way I want them to for me, right? So a lot of us will not even allow ourselves to be fully seen, right? At all. We wear masks. We're putting on a show. We're parading around. We're performing in our relationships because we're also not willing to accept and see all of our partner, all of our lovers, right? We only want to see the parts we want to see, right? Not all of them. And that really stems from, you know, knowing that we have parts within ourselves that we're not even honoring. We're not even allowing ourselves to see. So, You know, the word intimacy itself, if you want intimacy, the question is are you willing to see? into yourself to explore what is really there, what is really going on, what is in that beautiful deep cave, deep, 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 you know, where your soul lives and dances around and maybe has been dying to come out and be fully expressed. What is in there? What is in that inner man, inner woman that it has not been expressed, desires that haven't been explored, you know, words that haven't been said, Right things that haven't been resolved, like what's in there, right? And we don't go there. If we're not willing to go there for ourselves, you can be sure, (laughs) you can just be sure that you're not going to feel fully seen, fully heard, fully accepted by anybody else. So no matter how many times your wife tells you or your girlfriend tells you or your partner says, you know what, babe, I think you're doing a kick-ass job. You're amazing, right? And builds you up. You will not receive it you are not open to receiving because where you can't go for yourself you can't go with someone else i'm going to say that again where you can't go for yourself with yourself you can't go with someone else right we go further together when we're both willing to go there together it's a very scary place because then we realize you know what i'm what on earth am i opening myself up to if i want intimacy that means i'm opening myself up to the possibility of deep rejection deep pain deep shame right deep all of it and also deep love deep appreciation deep understanding right and uh and, and that's just how it goes the deeper we go the taller we and wider we grow so I want to talk about like what exactly hardens our heart to the point that we can't even, we feel numbed out. We feel numbed out. We feel disconnected. And we, again, we, we sort of play at the surface and, you know, we say, we and, and some of us are really good at bullshitting ourselves. I'm just going to put it out there. Some of us are amazing bullshitters. We don't even realize we do it okay? I will be the first one to raise my hand, right? We believe our own BS. (laughs) And we've told ourselves the story so many times that now it's become true, right? It has become your inner reality. But this really, this podcast was inspired because I was doing some coaching sessions this week with the men's group and the women's group, and the same energy came up and the same thing. And I was like, all right, we got to unpack this, right? What hardens our heart? I'm going to talk about two, maybe three things right now that I really tap into as we start to do the work of unlocking the heart and opening ourselves up so that we can see into the other person, so that we can understand at a new level, so that we can hear each other differently. Because that's really what we all want, right? To be seen, to be heard, to be understood, right? For someone to get us. We gotta let them in, right? We gotta let them in, and we gotta be willing to go and see all the parts of someone else. The good stuff, the yucky stuff, the messy stuff, the hot stuff, right? All of the beauty and the magic is in that stuff, in our stuff. But what hardens our heart is number one. I wanna talk about a couple of them. There's many things. Yes, pain, right? All of that. But what ends up living in our heart that keeps it hardened is bitterness. Bitterness, right? I talk a lot about this, and in, and in, in I didn't realize how much—and I've worked through this. Even this week, I realized, wow, I didn't even realize that there was a lot of bitterness biting at my heart. And as I was doing some guided, like, prayers and meditations, and I was tuning in, and I was just, like, radical ownership, right? Like, I was feeling—my heart felt like a rock. I'd, you know, a couple moments this week, because I was going through some stuff, and uh, I was just— Tuning into that. And I was like, what is going on? I feel like I have a rock and a shield around my heart and my back. And I was like, that's bitterness. There's bitterness in there. And I know it well because I did so much work on this before. So the question is like, what am I still holding on to that I'm bitter about? If I'm truly honest. Like when I experience this, it's like mm, I get a bad taste in my mouth about it, right? And this is a really big question to ask ourselves: is like, where are we still harboring bitterness? And resentment, right? We are bitter and we are resentful. And that bitterness and that resentfulness and anger, unresolved anger that probably turns into that, really is like a toxic poison that fills a space, right? That is supposed to be soft and open and fluid and like life forces pumping in and out Joy lives here, right? Giving freely lives here. Receiving freely lives here. Deep relaxation. But when bitterness and resentment and anger set in, it becomes a really dark, hard, crusty, dried out place that's hard to access. So resentment and bitterness. And and what we realize is when we start going down this, we're like, damn, I didn't even realize. I'm still bitter about my dad doing that when I was five. And I'm bitter about my ex-husband or ex-wife doing that. And I'm bitter about, you know, I see this couple over there thriving and we're not. And I just I'm just bitter. I'm bitter about what's happening in the world right now. I'm bitter. You know, it doesn't even have to be in relationship. It's just the energy of bitterness. When we look out and we see things that we don't like we don't agree with and we start judging it and we become bitter that other people are receiving handouts or other people are happy or other people are whatever right like i realized i was holding on i had some bitterness about what's been going on in the world the way things have been handled the stuff that's been going on with our governments with the social media with the censorship like oh my gosh where do i even begin it doesn't even matter the list of things that I fundamentally disagree with at my core right now that are going on in the world, the amount of darkness and evil that is rising in plain sight parading around, right, for everybody to see. And it's, it's hard to watch sometimes. And my heart was getting hardened, and it was affecting my relationships. So I just want to, you know, invite you to just check in, you know, In relationship, where are you still holding on to grudges, not forgiving, not letting go, holding on? And you know, when we do this, we play the role of victim and aggressor, right? It's like we have someone to blame for the reason why we are the way we are, the way that we're behaving, the way that we are acting, right? It's always someone else's fault. It makes it easy. You don't have to take radical ownership, you don't have to take responsibility. You can just shift the blame. And, you know, this came up because during a couple of our coaching conversations, when I ask people and we're doing the work, it's like, what do you desire? What are you willing to do? What do you want to create? And the answers come in right away. It's like, well, I can't because of him. Or I tried that, but she did this. And every time I do this, he does that. I already know. You are swimming in a pool of bitterness. You're swimming in a pool of resentment. You're, you're acting like a victim. You are in a victim mindset, a hostage to that energy. And nobody likes to be called a victim. Let's be honest, right? But sometimes we play the role of the victim, right? Because that story is familiar. So if we are shifting blame, we're casting blame, we're casting, you know, we know that we're operating from an energy of bitterness, or maybe it's just below the surface, or we're resenting. Other people who are thriving in relationships or we're resenting when we're giving, we're resentful about our giving. We get to check in with that. Am I I in a victim state right now? Is it time to pull back some of the power that I gave away, right? And not let that person be so responsible for my happiness, right? No one is responsible for my happiness, for my joy. That is an inside job. Right? We give away a lot of power, and if you have the power to manipulate and, and affect you know, someone else's mood just like that, that's a lot. We, that's where we get into these power plays and these gains. So you know, the question there is really like, where am I still resentful about things that happened in the past that I haven't let go of? And these are deep questions to ask ourselves, and they're very eye-opening, and they don't feel good when we when we ask ourselves these questions and we open our eyes to it. And it's like, man, it doesn't feel good, and it's humbling at the same time. But I will tell you guys that this is the starting point. This is the starting point. Because you cannot be blessed in your relationship. You cannot have true depth and true intimacy if you are still harboring, if you're like a harbor for resentment and bitterness and blame, right? And anger. You know, anger turns into that stuff if it's not released and moved through the body, right? Unresolved anger turns into these things, right? We had situations that made us angry. Maybe there was betrayal. Maybe there was cheating. Maybe there was abuse. Maybe there's sexual abuse. Whatever, right? There was just disrespect. There was anger. It wasn't resolved. It starts to manifest and take root in the body, right? Anger that doesn't move, that energy that doesn't move, becomes very toxic, and it turns into these things, The last thing I wanna say about this is judgment, right? Judgment. When we are looking at our partners, and we are constantly saying, "Oh, they're always judging me. He's always judging me. She's always judging me. No matter what I do, it's not right. She's constantly picking at me. She's paper cutting me, right? She's cutting my balls up." And and women will say the same thing, "No matter what I do, I can't make him happy." Well, first of all, it's not your job to make anyone else happy. You don't And if you have that much power, you're in this power play game with each other, right? But where am I judging? Where do I feel judged all the time? And where am I in turn judging him? Because I guarantee if you're feeling judged, it's because you're who's doing the judging, right? Where am I judging him? Judging her. He's not good enough. He's not meeting my expectations. She's clearly only after my money. She clearly only wants that. She's doing this. She's not doing that right, right? Tune in. Tune in to that. Whatever the thing is that you are projecting to the outside, I'm going to invite you to turn that finger around and point it back into yourself and go, where is that alive in me right now? Where is that lack of acceptance for who I fully am and for who they fully are alive in me? Where is the bitterness alive in me? Where is the resentment alive in me? Where have I not allowed the anger and the energy to move through me so that it didn't take roots in me? right? So I wanted to just go into this because once we start looking at it, it's so interesting. We're so terrified to go there, right? Because we don't want to relive the experience. We're like, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. I'm just going to keep it here on the surface level. That stuff is locked away. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to bring it up. This isn't about rehashing the past. This is about like you have a bunch of smelly stuff in the closet, You're pretending it's not there. It's stinking up the whole house. It's stinking up your relationship, and it's oozing out of you. (laughs) I'm just going to call it what it is. It's oozing out of us. We don't even realize that. And here we are walking along thinking that our, you know what, doesn't stink, right? Or that we're showing up and we're being amazing in our relationship. We're like, oh, you know, I always show up for her. Or, yeah, I always show up for him. And we're, we're BS. We're full of BS. We're buying our own BS. So, I want to bring it back to the beginning and ask you, is your heart, are you someone who has been craving deeper love, deeper intimacy, more connection in your relationship? I was that woman. I had cycled through years and years and years of just, you know, wanting more, need, like desiring more, knowing I was created for more. And it was just like impossible for me, it felt like, to access it because I had unresolved bitterness, resentment, anger judgment that I had not moved through my body, not owned, and not given grace to. So I just want to say this last piece is that, that where we start, where on earth do I start, is we start by looking within, not from a place of judgment, not from a place of like, oh my gosh, here we go again, what's wrong with you, but from a place of compassion. And we start by extending grace and forgiveness, 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 to ourselves, forgiveness, to others who have harmed us. And I will tell you, loves, that the, the, the forgiveness is the medicine, it is the medicine that we have been craving. You know, it is amazing what happens when we really begin to forgive ourselves, to forgive others and to just start to really get curious about who is the woman inside, who is the man inside, who is the woman inside of her, who is the man inside of him. And this is true whether it's our children, whether it's our lovers, whether it's our staff. When we start really getting curious to build intimacy into me-see And we are curious about seeing into them and letting them see into us and yes it's extremely vulnerable and yes it's extremely scary at times but i'm telling you guys this is the land this is the land of miracles this is where the good stuff lives this is where we start to create from a totally different place than you ever have before um if you are not willing to go there then you are only willing to play the surface-level games. If you are not willing to explore what is in there and to start to move it and shift it, um, you'll never feel the depth of richness that's available to you. So I just, I wanted to, to today talk about, you know, if you're craving deeper love, deeper intimacy, deeper connection, if you've had your dark night of the soul and you're ready to rebuild a thriving relationship, it starts by checking in with your heart, right? Is your heart positioned, ready to receive? Have you done the work on the heart so that it is soft to not only give love, like not only receive love, but to give love, right? And um, it is an inner journey. It's a journey from the head to the heart. It's a journey of transforming the pain of the past into the most beautiful diamonds that bring the the best gifts to your relationship in the future, and that that is just what I love is that all of the treasure lies in all of the dirt of the past, <laughs> and that is true. All of the treasure lies in the dirt of the past, right? If we can, um, if we're willing to do the work. And by the way, before I hop off, I want to say that it's not about going through all of these healing journeys all the time and like having to do all this wound work, and because people can, like you know you don't have to be in therapy forever and all of that. This is just like. It can happen fast, right? The spirit moves fast. This is a spiritual game. This isn't an energetic game. You know, this is like the heart moves fast. Where we start is by getting into conscious decision and radical awareness and radical ownership right? The conscious decision is, number one, I no longer want to play at the surface level. I no longer want to hop from one relationship to the other, either physically or in fantasy land, right? Online or in my mind or whatever. But I want to experience the real deal. I want to experience and live and play in this land, right? Number one, conscious choice. Number two, is really taking a look within and saying, check my heart, let me check my heart, right? Is my heart in a position that it's ready to be open to give freely and receive freely? If my heart is hard, i got some work to do, right? So this is the invitation to check in and do the work, take the journey so that you can experience the deeper love, the intimacy that so many crave, but few will ever experience. Um, Only those who are willing to travel into the great unknown. So Um, You guys, I just want to thank you again for being here, and as always, i love to give you something to to take action on. I've already given you some some practical things to start to not only high-level view, but implement. And if you want to go deeper with this work, as always, if you want to see, am I ready, am I positioned to receive the kind of love I want, am I ready to take this journey even? The Readiness Factor Assessment I have put together is a really good assessment tool that I use just to check in with myself. Am I ready to do the work, to call in a great relationship? Am I ready to to do this journey so that I can experience a thriving relationship and build something new? Or am I still, like, totally, hundred, you know, playing in the games of the past? Like, that's what this readiness factor assessment is for. So you guys can grab that link from the show notes. If you scroll through the show notes, you can take that readiness factor assessment and, um, for those of you who want to go deeper with there there is an invitation for a limited time to jump on the phone and unpack that with me. And, and that's really it. So I just want to, you know, to sum this up, and I want to leave you with this, that, you know, the love you crave, the intimacy you crave, the connection you crave is there on purpose. It's part of your unique, original Design is how God made us. We are not created to go alone. I say this all the time. We're created to go deep and wide together, and when we're willing to fully see into each other and operate from a place of deep intimacy, deep trust, deep connection, this is when we start to multiply each other, edify each other, amplify each other's gifts, each other's visions. Every single thing that you are as a man, every single thing that you are as a woman, be to multiply exponentially when you start to lead and love and operate from this place of a heart that is ready to give and receive freely without expectation, attachment, judgment, etc. All right, guys. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining me on today's conversation. As always, if you enjoyed this podcast, please take a minute, head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share this with a friend who really needs to hear this message right now. And uh, until next time, here's to rising as warriors of the heart, not warriors of the world. You are here as a warrior of the heart, and we are here to lead untamed lives, not stressed out, not bored, not neutered, not domesticated, not surface level game, wild, untamed, raw, real. This is where deep love, adventure, and courageous leadership are the norm, not the exception. I want you to come play with me. I'll see you on the next episode. Bye for now. Thanks again for joining me in today's episode. It is my intention to bring you valuable, heart-shifting content every time that will upgrade your life. If you're a new listener, make sure you follow the podcast so you can stay up to date as future episodes roll out. And I invite you to head on over and join my free community, Warriors of the Heart on Facebook. In there, you'll find bonus trainings, a game-changing assessment tool, and exclusive member-only offers. Until next time, warriors, here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously in the untamed life, the only life worth living.